Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And this is a podcast where I talk about all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for a week, and then I just, you know, give my thoughts, my opinions, my reflections on that topic. And I love having a platform to do this because I think as an educator, you have to have that reflective practice piece, rethinking things, redoing things, thinking, how can I do this better? What is the best thing I can do for my students? All those kinds of great reflective thoughts. I think we are continually, continually improving all the time. And if I ever say anything and you're like, oh, I should have done it this way, or, you know, I'm the same way as well. If I hear somebody else saying, oh, I did this and it's working this way for my students and this is how it's like students are improving. Like you've never like, I never regret what I've done in the past just because, you know, as you know better, you do better and you can't possibly know everything that has to do with a kindergarten classroom right away. You have to learn, you have to grow, you have to experience things. And so having the reflective practice piece is not to have like a shame or to feel bad about how you were doing things in the past. It's more about like, oh, I've, you know, things are going great. What else can I do that's better? How can I improve things? And really thinking forward and thinking um, how we can just be better for our students. And so I want to make sure I put that out there just because I don't want anybody to ever feel bad about how they do things. Also, you know, just how I do things might be completely different from how you do things. I think it's really important to keep in mind the students that we have in our classroom and do what's best for those students. We have five kindergarten classrooms in my school. That means there are currently um, nine educators because one class doesn't have an early childhood educator. There are nine educators not all of our classes are going to look the same. They shouldn't look the same. It's different educators. It's different students. Everybody should be doing what is best for their students. Like our classroom has a lot of students in it that have never attended in-person learning because of the pandemic and um, students doing online learning last year because we have a new class that was created. A lot of the students that were given to us are students that have never been to an in-person classroom. We have a few, even the few that we do have, most of them came from a different school board or a different school. So we have a lot of students that are just new to school. So our classroom, the things that we are doing, the things that we are working on are gonna be much different from the classroom down the hall that has students that, you know, were in the same classroom with the same set of friends and were doing the same thing last year. So just keeping that in mind as well, that even if I do say something and you're like, oh, that sounds great, but that's not going to work for my students. Well, then it's not going to work for your students this year. It's a tool that you can put into your tool bud box. It's something that you can reflect on. It's something that you can you know, like think about in the future. But if it's not for you right now, that's more than okay. And also, I don't know all the answers. You know, I am also continually um, engaged in reflective practice and I'm constantly changing things. I think if I listen back to podcast episodes that I did two years ago, I might wonder what in the world I was thinking, you know? So making sure that, um, you know, as well, that I'm not an expert in this. I'm just an educator in a classroom thinking about how things are done, researching, looking at um, different like practices and really thinking how to best meet the needs of all the students in my classroom. So I just want to throw that out there. That was a long intro 
to a podcast episode, I guess, but I really wanted to make sure I put that out there so that um, as educators, you know, we don't ever look up to one. I don't think we should ever look up to one educator as like the example or one classroom as the example, like this is like the classroom that we have to replicate because there sh- it shouldn't be that. You should have tools in your toolbox that you pull out and you build your classroom based on your students using the tools that you have. So yeah, this week's episode is going to be about what my day looks like in kindergarten, like our day, I guess, not just my day, (laughs) there's students in there as well. But what our day looks like for students in the classroom, I often get asked this question and I've shared on my Instagram stories about our schedule and our flow of the day. So I wanted to really um, maybe make a podcast episode about it. I'm sure I've talked about it in bits and pieces in the past, but I was going to just do a whole podcast episode just walking through what our day looks like. So first of all, I'm going to reiterate this again, just to make sure that uh, those listening have an idea in case this is your first episode you're listening to. In Ontario, Canada, if you have over 15 students in your classroom, you have an early childhood educator and a teacher working together in partnership in the classroom. So I have a teaching partner who I work with day in and day out. We um, get along amazingly well. It's like a great partnership where we both are just on the same page about so many things and we can have such amazing conversations and reflect on what we're doing in the classroom and is this right for our students what should we be doing all those kinds of things we have a very open um, communicative communicative relationship I don't know how to say that but we talk a lot Um, and we really um, have bonded well and I, I have an amazing relationship with her and I'm so grateful for that. It's um, Thanksgiving here in Canada. So I'm really thankful for the teaching partner that I have and the relationship that we have built because I think that is a key part to building your day and how your day is going to work just because we have such a great relationship. So when I'm talking about the flow of the day and the routines of the day, just know that I'm not by myself doing all of this. I do have a teaching partner that I work with. So first off, I think I've talked about this in a podcast episode in the past, but I just want to um, reiterate the difference between your timetable and your flow of the day. So your timetable is like what you would typically see with like periods broken down throughout the day. So, you know, you have your entry bell, you have um, when your prep coverages, you have your lunch, you have your recess, all those kinds of things that are more um, on the administrative side of things, things that you can't really change. You can't change when you have a prep or a coverage teacher coming to your classroom. You can't change um, your lunch recesses. Um, we have the ability to change our morning and afternoon recesses just because we have our own kindergarten yard and because of the five classes we share that kindergarten yard and we don't all go out at the same time. So we do have some flexibility in that. But there's lots of things in your schedule that or your timetable that you can't change. And so when we're setting up our flow of the day, what the kids are, how the kids are actually going to move through the day, we start off as the base with our timetable because we know those are the things we can't move. So those stay there. And then we build our flow of the day around those things. Now, in kindergarten, you know, we the older grades have periods throughout the day. Like period one is from like, I don't know, nine, 9.30 to 10. Let's pretend that's an accurate statement. I have absolutely no idea. Um, 
And by that, I mean, like, we don't follow periods in kindergarten at all. Like, I mean, people tell me all the time, like, oh, what are you doing during period three? Like, oh, can we switch preps for period three? And I'm like, I have no idea what period three even means because truly we don't follow those periods at all in our kindergarten classroom. We want to make sure that we have some large blocks of uninterrupted play throughout our day where we are minimizing transitions and really providing a space for students to engage in deep learning. So by that, I mean, like, we don't fall, like, just because it's 1030 and that's the end of period three, let's say, doesn't mean, like, that we have to end our our time together, like, our large block of play. We can play around with that, of course, following those administrative times that you know we if we have music period four let's say then you know we have to go to music period four I can't play around with that but other than that we have a lot of room to play around with so that's the basis of what um, how we built our flow of the day so I actually pulled it up on my laptop so I can really uh, take a look at it and show you guys and and walk you guys through what this looks like so our day starts all the students Um, We've actually changed this. Our day starts and we've actually changed how we start off our day. We used to go directly into morning meeting or a morning circle together with our friends. Um, So everybody would come to our meeting spot and we would start off with like a morning message and do some kind of literacy lesson in the morning. Uh, Recently, we changed that. Just it happened to happen. We had a an assembly one day. And so we were trying to think of like what we could get the kids to do for like 10 to 15 minutes before our assembly started. So we always have name tracers out for the students to trace uh, their names and write their names. And so we just put out the name tracers for all the kids to come in and just practice writing their name before the assembly. And it, all of our kids just like eased into the day so nicely when we did that, they were like, oh my goodness, like this, this is what we should do. So instead of just going straight into waiting for our morning meeting to, to, to start, um, we have our students' name tracers. So literally, it's just like a laminated uh, piece of paper where students can trace their name. Um, that That's all it is. Uh, we have all their name tracers out on tables for them. And so students just come in, they find their name, and they trace their name. We have done this for about a week a week and a half now, maybe two weeks. I'm, I've am i lost all track of time. I'm pretty sure it's been at least a week of us doing this. And the improvement that I have seen in our students is writing their names. Forget even writing their names. I had some kids that couldn't even recognize their name. They have no idea what their name even started with, what letter, whatever. Just because they have to find their own name at a table, just the improving on being able to recognize their name has improved significantly over the past week. I still have some students that can't find their name, but that's okay. That's what they're working on. That's the level that they're at and that's perfectly fine. But um, yeah, and then students practicing their name every day has improved, you know, how they write their name and all those kinds of things. So it's actually been like a really great way to start off their day and they come in so calm and they're just like priming their brain and ready to learn. I know some educators use like morning bins or something like that um, in the morning. For us, like that just seems like a lot of extra transitioning and a lot of extra materials for students to learn how to use these name tracers. We were using them before, but it was like a table center that students could go to and we were just finding that they weren't going, like it wasn't a center that they were picking, but it was like, it's a skill that they really, really needed to work on. So um, this just gives them the opportunity to practice a skill that you know 
um, a lot of our students really need. And even for our students that know how to write their first name, I have my SK students write their first and last name. Our year two students write their first and last name. So even for my students that might know how to write their first name perfectly, now they're just learning how to write their last name. So um, really differentiated for all of the students that we have in our classroom. So that's our morning. They come in, they write their name, and then we have our morning meeting. So the morning meeting usually starts with a morning message, something really simple. This, we're starting to write it together instead of it being um, something that the teachers are writing in advance. So you might write the morning message together, and then we work on a specific literacy skill. So we are doing um, a modified letter of the day because our students cannot handle a letter of the day at the moment. Um, so instead of doing a letter of a day, we're doing kind of a letter every two days. So far, we've gotten through being able to get through two letters a week successfully. So we hope to up that to like three letters a week. Um, so Mondays and Wednesdays, we've been introducing new letters. So if it's a Monday or a Wednesday, we will do our phonics routine. So that involves reading a book, learning the um, the song for uh, that letter. And just as an FYI, the Jolly Phonics uh, letter songs are all on Spotify. So I'm currently creating a Spotify playlist for our class that has all the songs from um, Jolly Phonics for each letter that we're learning. And they also have sight word songs on there as well. So every time we learn a sight word, I also add that to our Spotify playlist. So if that's something that you're looking for, it is on Spotify for you. If you have a Spotify subscription, I don't have any other, like, I know there's like Apple music and stuff. I have no idea if it's on Apple music, um, just because I'm not on there. So, um, you might want to take a look, but we learn, um, so we read a book about the letter. We learn the Jolly Phonics song for that letter. We just pick Jolly Phonics because those are fun and easy actions and songs to learn. And then we go through our phonics slide deck. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes for that. I'm pretty sure I already did a podcast episode on that, or I know I definitely have a YouTube video on that. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to see what our, our phonics slide deck looks like, because um, it's something that has been quite successful for us, I think, lately, just because then the students can really visually see the letter and really work through it in a very systematic way. And then once we've learned that, and, and then, so I've also had this question and I almost forgot to mention it. Um, people ask like, well, what happens if you have a kid away on the letter on the day you learn that letter? That's fine. We've actually had quite a few kids away every day. Um, we start off by like even before we read the book for the new letter, we start off by reviewing all of the previously learned letters. So we have all the letters on a ring and we go through our first letters are S-A-T-I and I think and P is coming up next this week. So S, A, T, and I will go through S, A, T, I. What does those say? We might sing the song that goes with those letters, and then we introduce the new letter. So I think that's really important that you're constantly reviewing previously learned letters as well as introducing the new letter. So that even if a kid did miss it, they're still going to hear the song and the new letter sound over and over and over again because we are constantly, constantly reviewing um, the letter sounds. So that's really important for me to note there. Um, and if it's a sight word day instead of a um, phonics day, and by sight word, it could be 
um, heart words. If you're using the heart words program, it could be a sight word. We've literally only introduced one. Again, my students that I have in my classroom, like I said in the beginning, were not ones that regularly attended school last year or attended online school last year. So they haven't been in a structured school setting, um, mostly at all for my students. So I know it's October. We've introduced the sight word I so far because we would learn the letter I. Um, we hope to move along and introduce more and really ramp this up. But we really, in September, we're focused on building relationships with our students and building routines with our students. We like just, and working on oral language skills. To be quite frank with you, that's what our students needed for the month of September. So we've only done one sight word. It's the sight word I. As we move forward, we're going to be using heart words more than just like sight words. And um, if you want to learn more about that, you can just Google heart words and there's lots of uh, resources that come up. So one day it's a, a letter, one day it's a sight word. We will build up to being able to do both at the same time, I feel like. But for now, that's as much as my students can handle. So after we have our morning meeting, we go into our morning centers and exploration and playtime. I get asked again often, do students get to pick where they go? Yes, these are completely self-regulated centers. Sometimes we do have like a must-do center. So if I'm doing a guided writing or my teaching partner is doing guided reading or if there is some kind of, I don't know, art activity we want them to partake in, there might be a must-do center that they have to go to. But other than that, like they get to pick where they want to go and how long they stay there and when they move. Um, that's something that's really important to building those self-regulation skills and for students to be able to work at, you know, not every student's going to be able to finish an activity at the same time as all their peers. So this gives them the opportunity to be there for as long or as little as they need to be. Another question I get asked a lot is like dramatic play, building, um, sensory bin, all that stuff open at the same time. Yes, all that is open when we have our self-regulated centers. So we have an art easel set up. We have a sensory bin. We have a small world play. We have a fine motor center. We have building. Our We don't have the dramatic play furniture because of COVID restrictions right now. We're going to try to include like get that COVID furniture, um, COVID furniture, the dramatic play furniture back into our classroom. But if we do have the dramatic play furniture back into the classroom, dramatic play will be open all the time. Right now, we just set it up on a table whenever um, we have a table available for our students to play dramatic play at. So um, that one's just not available just because of space um, constraints at the moment. But um, that that would and normal times be available to students. And yes, they can go to any of those things. And then if I have a student that has been at building for the whole morning, I would like highly suggest that they go to another center. You know, they need to give their friends a turn at that center. And again, because of COVID restrictions, we're only allowed to have like a few people at building. So I might say like, hey, it's time for so-and-so to have a turn. You know, you got five more minutes and then we're going to have you move along. Um, I just encourage them to find new centers. I haven't run into any students that have given me a hard time about it. So um, yeah, that's just how we run our centers. These could be tabletop, again, um, like teacher-led activities, like a guided group. It could be a teacher setup center, like a, you would picture a, um, I'm going to put this in quotes, normal math or literacy center that you could see set up. Um, these could be free exploration, loose parts. These could be 
child like just materials put out like building materials put out and child-led play it's a big variety of centers that are put out a lot of the times um on my instagram in my stories i'll share some different um centers that i have set up for the day so if you're interested in seeing exactly what that looks like you can um, follow me on instagram and make sure you check out my stories on the daily i try to share I can't share every day because I'm working, but if I get to work early, I can show um, some of the center setups that we do um, for our morning. So we spend a large chunk of our morning in this um, free exploration. So usually we're able to finish um, our morning circle by 9.30, 9.45, and then they have until um, 10... Um, 10 20 10 45 depending on when we have outdoor recess and if they want to go play outside a lot of our kids love to play outside so we've given them the choice in the past like hey if you want to go out and play or if you want to finish centers you can choose most of the time all of our students want to go outside so we we give them like a large chunk of time outdoors for their recess we also have um self-regulated snack so students during our morning um, centers there's a table open that students can just go have snack at whenever they feel hungry so we don't have like a designated snack period as well and then we have outdoor play and recess time when they come back in sometimes we have library or music if we don't then they can just continue going back into those free exploration centers and then we finish our morning by um, doing some learning in the outdoors sometimes. Um, if it's nice weather outside, we'll go for a walk. We might explore some of the green space we have on our um, school property. And then it's time for lunch and they play outside, they eat, and then they come back um, ready to learn for the afternoon. We'll start with a math input lesson. Um, this might be, you know, something teaching them about sorting or teaching them about patterning. And then from there, we go into our afternoon centers and exploration. If there are centers from the morning that students are really like super interested in, we we just keep those going. They are available again in the afternoon. Sometimes we change some of the centers. Like we see if like something is just not of interest to our students, then we put it away and we put out something different. So um, our centers for the morning and the afternoon are a mix of math and literacy centers. And again, in the, and then we just let them explore and play. And then that is again, a huge chunk of time. Usually it's from like one, I have it written one twenty to around two fifteen. So, you know, it's almost a full hour of them just able to explore and learn at their own <clears throat> leisure, I guess. And then they come for shared reading and then we have an afternoon recess. Um, that afternoon recess is like technically only 10 minutes. So sometimes um, we don't even go outside for that. Or most of the time we don't even go outside for that because right after four out of our five days, we have gym. So there's no point in getting them ready to go outside for 10 minutes. And then they're going to be running around for gym anyways. So instead we usually do some kind of instructional video or something. Um, we've been watching number blocks. The kids love it. And it's teaching them all kinds of great math concepts. So and they usually just watch a, a video for afternoon recess. It kind of calms them down, gets them ready for gym. They go to gym, they come back, we read a book together, and then it's home time. So that's basically a breakdown of our day. Most of our time is spent in large blocks of uninterrupted play, which I feel like is so important for that deep learning to happen for our students. And we're trying to minimize the amount of time that students are spent in whole group 
Um, the math input lesson might only be 10, 15 minutes. The morning one, we're trying to trim it up as much as we can, but we know um, structured, explicit teaching about literacy skills is so important for a lot of our students, um, especially our students this year need a lot of explicit instruction in literacy. And so, and like, especially phonics skills. So we want to make sure that we are spending like the bulk of our whole group time is spent in that. And then we try not to come together too much in whole group for the rest of the day, other than for a little bit of math input after lunch, because again, we do still need to do some explicit teaching around, around some math concepts. Um, but we don't want to spend so much time in there that, you know, our students don't have a time, have a time to explore those concepts on their own. So yeah, I hope that was helpful. I will post a picture of what our actual flow of the day, like looks like broken down, um, so that you can really see like what, um, is happening in our day so that you can like I know it's hard for me like just talking about it to really explain what that looks like so I will put, post a picture of that over on my Instagram so that you can take a look at it um, ask me any other questions if there's anything within this podcast you're like oh I wish you had talked more about this and this well let me know because I can make a whole podcast episode about a specific topic um that you might want to learn more about, I guess, or hear more about how we do it in our classroom. Cause you might do something one way and then you're like, wait a second. I really like how she might be doing it. Let, tell me more about this. Anyways, let me know. And I can definitely, um, do more episode podcasts, episode podcast episodes <laughs> about certain topics and really deep dive into them. But, uh, the best way to reach me is over on my Instagram. Send me a DM. If not, you can follow me. Um, you can follow my blog and in my blog, I have a contact me page or I send out a newsletter. If you sign up for my newsletter and you can just hit reply to any of my newsletters that come out and it goes directly to my email. So I'll be able to, um, answer any questions you have in an email. And yeah, those are the best ways to reach me. I am also on Facebook. To be honest, Facebook Messenger through my like creative kindergarten page doesn't really work all that well. Like I don't like I can sometimes find the messages. Sometimes they're hidden. It's really hard. So if you've ever sent me a message through Facebook and I haven't responded, I truly am sorry. I have no idea. Like sometimes I do see the messages and other times they just disappear and I don't know where they go. So um message me again if Facebook is the way you'd like to reach me and I hopefully will be able to see it. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you're not already following it, make sure you're following my podcast on whichever platform you're listening on you. That way you'll be notified whenever I put out a new episode and make sure you rate this podcast so that other people are able to find it as well. Uh, thank you for joining me and I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you all next time. Bye.